0: Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'd say that so far on this Friday edition of Wolf and Luke, Paul Calvisi, Lorenzo Alexander sitting in for Luke, Ron Wolfley, uh, yours truly, Paulie Pancelneck, would be the only one matching the energy of Kenny Dillingham this morning, on with Bickley and Murata. We'll get to Kenny Dillingham a little bit later in this show. We're also going to hit up the Wolf is Wrong update desk, so I'm looking forward to hitting
1: that up. Appreciate that, Paul. Is the desk as big as your forehead? (laughs) Hey, by the way, what up, coach? What up,
0: Kenny? what a up? little shout out ball. what up isaiah simmons did you see isaiah simmons and hard knocks no. show of hands did everybody see that on wednesday night yes I yes did. indeed okay all right i heard about it here you go well you know what we're all gonna hear it again Zoe. okay you know what we're gonna catch everybody up in the class doesn't yeah. matter if you miss class okay boom we're gonna we're gonna get everybody a refresher here here is isaiah simmons from hard knocks episode four wednesday night
2: Never in my life have I ever had to deal with being benched. Um, What helped me through everything was understanding what kind of player I am, knowing who I am, who I want to be, and who I can be. I feel like just taking what I could do, controlling what I can control each and every day, you know, just being the player everyone expects me to be and um, needs me to be.
0: I'm very honest. And forthright, forthcoming Isaiah Simmons talking about what happened after week one Yeah, when he went from wearing the green dot and running the Cardinals defense to being on the sideline for the majority of the next three or four games. And that
1: was one of the reasons why I was so high on Isaiah Simmons coming into this season was because he is his harshest critic. I do believe that. He's a guy who beats himself up and doesn't watch the tape with rose-colored glasses. He's wildly talented, as we all no but i think he's got a lot of maturing to still do and i'm i'm talking about from a professional football player's perspective not as a human being but from a professional player's perspective especially when it comes to playing inside the box i haven't given up on that i really have not i think this is something he's right. got to continue to develop you watch isaiah simmons play the game of football in base onions, he's not afraid he is not afraid. He'll stick his face into the fan. It's just he's got to learn how to do that when a guard is firing off the ball on him as opposed to trying to tackle a tight end or a running
0: back. And what's ironical about that, Wolf, if you will, as I bludge in the English language, is that when he was drafted, the one question you had about him was the ferocity, yes. the velocity at which he would play. And yes. that has not been a question whatsoever. But he did have a question for his position coach, Marcus Robertson. He wanted to know how, what, where can I get better?
3: What am I not yeah, getting? What can you help me what, with that? No, what
2: they want to see is you continue to execute. They want to see you work hard. They want to see you strain. They want to see you more know f- to do. That's what they want to see.
0: All right, translate that for us, Lorenzo Alexander. What is he trying to
2: convey? So let's let's put that those those both those clips together, right? So we hear Isaiah Simmons in the first one saying, I've never in my life been benched, mm-hmm. right? So he obviously is an uber-talented athlete, and like most guys that play in the NFL have been the alpha, uber-talented kid. He's a unicorn. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he's going to be in the league one day, right? And so he's always been better than everybody else. Made more plays than everybody else. Obviously went to a big-time university that everybody doesn't get to go to, and now was number one pick. And so there hasn't been a lot of adversity for him in the sense of, I have to shift, right? He's lost games. He's probably had – missed tackles in his life but he's never had an uh enough adversity where he's had to shift right and so when you get up to the league you've developed all these habits and i'm pretty sure a lot of the coaches that he had and i'm just guessing maybe allowed him to do things that if he wasn't as good probably wouldn't allow him to do so right so we, it, then we we transitioned to to what m rob is saying marcus robinson who i had a pleasure to to, to uh, be coached by in, in oakland loving former player understands the game right you you hear him talk about strain. You hear him talk about uh, we want to see the consistency yep. right in your game, and all that stuff comes back to habits, right? Consistency, constantly straining things that I've seen on tape where he's, oh man, you can strain a little bit harder, right? And and that is the difference from being, I think. Uh, uh, okay player to a good player from a good player to being a great player, right? The habits that you have, the consistency that you have, and that's what they want to see. And that's probably why he got to that point. That he got benched, right? Because he thought his, his best was good enough, where it's not good enough. And to Wolf's point, when he's talking about maturing, it's understanding how do I rise my – my daily routine, my daily structure and take it to that next to that next level. So yeah, I may be watching film, but when I'm out there implementing it, am I going as hard as I can and making it almost game like? So when I get on the field, there's no doubt in the mind of the coaches that I've done everything I can to prepare. Because that's the last thing you want as as a for a coach, right? They're going to, typically coaches they don't necessarily want to play the best player. Mm. They want to play the guy that they trust. They hope that, that that aligns right. That the best player is also the guy I can trust. But at the end of the day, I'm a sit a guy or not play a guy as much because if he exposes our team to losing more often than not, that means my job as a coach is up for stake too. And so that's why. And I think that's yeah. the crux of this Isaiah Simmons yes. argument at this point. Right. So let me teach. you Nobody doubts his talent. Right. No. 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 Oh. It's not about talent. So it's let me. So let me alignments and, and assignments. Yeah. And I love that they did it cuz most coaches won't do it. Take scale it back hey yeah. man hey uh, we only gonna play 20% this week or 30% until I see a significant change right they still wanna use him cause they have to but in, in, if you wanna be where you wanna be and be out here every single down you gotta show us in practice that you're gonna strain every rep because that's the only way that you're gonna cultivate your talent to the expectations that you talk about you wanna be in that's the only way you're ever gonna get there is if you strain in practice and do all the little things right because that's what comes down to to losing just like in a game right and, and this is this is a part of growth right not having good eyes so if you don't have good eyes in practice why are you going to have good eyes in the game right and if you you, I, I allow those things to slack off and say, "Well, I got in the game." Yeah. No, you don't, because look, here it is. You just got beat because you had bad eyes, and that's what you have to build consistency and be and be your worst critic to who Wolf said. But it has to be, it has to be clear, it has to be legit, and you have to have the expectations have to meet what the other people think, not your expectations, but where they should be up a little bit higher. And that's why you have coaches to help you set those a little bit higher. I think
1: because as we all know, this guy's got some raw, unmitigated. T- i
2: Their size and athleticism set them apart from the rest. Forget about the bearded lady, folks, or the yak woman. This is Wolf's Freak Show. I'm
1: about ready to get freaky up in here. Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. See the man called Chameleon. Watch a man (laughs) turn into multiple players before your very eyes. He's Chameleon
0: Man.
1: If only there are... Me? Ladies and gentlemen, I Isaiah comedian, Simmons oh. is the freakiest of all freaks in this year's freak show. <laughs> and that's why Chameleon Man starts our 2020 freak show. How does a man 6 feet 4 and 238 pounds morph into playing so many positions on a gridiron? How is he capable of this? Well, run a 4-3-9 when the entire world is watching. Have a 40-inch vertical with a wingspan just under seven feet, and move, by the way, like a lizard. A lizard with wings. Chameleon Man blends in with his surroundings no matter where they might be. He could be used anywhere off the ball or on the edge. The only positions he can't play on the field are over the center or guard. The thin lizard could play corner over the (laughs) slot, safety, edge, or inside linebacker. His length makes him a matchup with tight ends, and his feet allow him to run with running backs. He can hold up at the point of attack or run sideline to sideline. One play he looks red with black stripes. The next he's brown and orange and you don't see him until it's too late. Simmons is a playmaker. He can tackle, strip the ball, pick it off, knock the ball to the ground, and do it all over the field, flicking his tongue, changing colors, hiding in plain sight because he's
0: chameleon man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he's done that. You love that right there volley didn't there, you there right are there million man In
0: the last 10 minutes I never thought what happened I would see Lucita Smith in the newsroom wearing a Kiss concert tee from 1977 and a Thin Lizzy reference when talking about Isaiah Simmons I just yes. I did not see either one of those coming
1: You know what he's got to do better though to Zoe's point he's got to hold up at the point of attack better he's got to learn to get off blocks that's what he's got to do because he will play from time to time in the box he's a DB yeah. I'm with you on that. Right. But can, he can, can grow can, that part oh, of it. Oh, he
2: can definitely grow it, but it's just a it's a shift. It's one it's a habit, right? You used to playing D B, that mentality, and going into the box is a, is a little bit different. And
0: that's great. And, and I love you guys and I respect your NFL experience. But I want to hear from Marcus Robertson as to what his own pupil, Isaiah Simmons, needs to do going forward because this is what we heard on Hard Knocks.
4: Play with Boston, that's what you got to do but when you know what to do it's totally different and then thinking you know what to do it's a totally different plan because you play so much faster when you know it.
0: knowing what to do versus thinking you know what to do no doubt and when you saw isaiah simmons with his eyes in the backfield on the Austin Eckler touchdown, and then the two-point conversion to Gerald Everett, when you saw the 33-yard touchdown pass to DeAndre Carter right before the half on a busted coverage, and Zaven Collins on hard knocks yells out, Zay, as in Isaiah, it makes you wonder, at least does to me, that knowing what to do versus thinking you know what to do, how much progress still needs to be made by Isaiah Simmons, in that regard, and I think that is one of the big questions over these final five games. Next question here on Luke and Wolf, uh, what would Kenny Dillingham's pitch be to a five-star recruit? Thankfully, not five-star games. We're talking five-star recruits. You're going to hear what the ASU head coach said this morning. That is next. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, the Pac-12 championship game is tonight. It's sold out in Vegas, by the way. Funny how that works. They just extended the agreement the Pac-12 did with Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Pac-12 championship game sold out. USC and Utah. We know USC lost at the very end against Utah the first time around. So we'll see. Who cares? We're talking about ASU. They yeah. have a brand-new head coach, and he was talking this morning with Bickley and Murata, Paul Calvisi, Lorenzo Alexander, in with Wolf. It is Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the sports League. By the way, ASU football, uh, according to reports, just lost a starting defensive lineman to the transfer portal. So what I say, Wolf, earlier this week is first order of business when you pose that question, try and keep as many of your key players and playmakers because you saw the Exodus last off season. It was significant. So you try and keep the guys, you try and keep the Elijah Badgers, the Jalen Conyers, you know, these starting linemen that are hard to replace. You gotta do your best in that regard. They've already lost one. They lost a backup quarterback as well. In fact, Kenny Dillingham did say that's one of the first things he did. He's been meeting with every single player. And when it comes to players, listen to what he told Bickley and Murata this morning as to what he wants.
4: Job one is to meet with our guys. And uh, contrary to what a lot of people do nowadays, it's not to convince people not to transfer. I want people who want to be Sun Devils. Uh, I want people who wake up every day, they walk into that building, and they go, man, am I lucky. Man, can I wait? not wait to get to work. And that's what I told everybody that walked through that door is, you know what, this is my dream job. I'm going to be here forever, as long as as I can. And we're going to do this the right way. We're going to get people in this building who want to be here. And uh, you'd be shocked how many people want to be here and love this place. And it's not a recruiting pitch to keep the guys. It was more a, this is is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done
0: in your life get ready Todd Graham used to say some of the similar stuff but everyone who looked at Todd Graham and looked at his coaching tree at looked at his resume knew that every single job was a stepping stone when you listen to Kenny Dillingham you believe? At least I do. Yeah, this guy could be here for a decade. Mm-hmm. If it was up to him, this is his final landing spot, bar some ten million dollar job somewhere at some point. Right. So to me, it's genuine when he says that, as opposed to when a, a carpet bagger of sorts like a Todd Graham would come in and you
2: didn't quite know what to believe. Yeah, but I, I you know, I, I do think you have to recruit. Your guys that are already there, though, just like you recruit high school kids coming in, right? You can call it semantics, whatever you got to say, because there is change coming. Right. And they're used to whatever it used to be. And that may be their expectations of whoever, whatever head coach is coming in. And so you do have to recruit them like, hey, this is my standard. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to be about. And I would love you to be a part of part of it. Right. I, at the end of the day, you're going to make your choice. But these are the things. And I think this is going to be a great place of playing football. And so you have to, you know, it's always walking that line. I'm not going to lie to a kid. I'm going to, to your point, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do, what it's going to take. It's going to be hard. Anytime playing football is going to be hard. But you do want to make sure those kids understand this is what we're going to do and this is how it's going to change and going to be different. Because most people leave because... They don't feel like they're valued, or they didn't like the yeah. chaos that was going on, right? Um, and, and the uncertainty of the, the uncer- future and the right. sanctions. And then you also have to. And, and the sanctions. I don't know if that really, really matters. Is uh, if it doesn't impact me as far as me losing my scholarship. Yeah, we don't get to play a bowl game. Because okay. what's the ultimate goal right. for
1: so many of these
2: kids? Right, you're trying to get play for the NFL. NFL right, you go yeah, yeah it's not going to impact me. Right to to that extent, that's more of a school a school issue with the sanctions. But if it, I have consistency, I, I, I the guy that's talking to me, I, I believe that he's going to be there, which is always, that's a trust issue. I remember I had uh, Ty Willingham, I was going to go to Stanford, tell me he was going to be there. If I would have went there, the next year he was at Notre Dame. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. so it, you know, you it's some of that as well. Um, but I think you just, you have to make sure that you're going to be consistent. Um, you have to make sure, hey, this is, these are my value system. People tend to be loyal to, to people that take care of them, mm-hmm. right? And you have to create a culture of everybody's valued. Now, in the NIL, some people going to make more just because of the position and who they are, right? But everybody's going to be valued in this system, and you have to make sure. Obviously, going to be hard until they set that standard, but once they start setting that standard with under Dillingham, under, under and and hopefully start winning games, he won't have to recruit because people going to want to be there. The coach is going to be established. They're going to want to be a part of it, and then the people that are there are going to actually, when the kids come, because when I went on my recruiting trip, I'm talking, hey man, what is it really like? And I'm talking to to the guy that's the backup. What is it really like? Those are the guys that are going to recruit kids for you are going to be your game changers because well, they're going to give the truth well all i know
1: is this right here Polly, quickly if i if i'm kenny dillingham one of the big things i'm doing right now because i get that i, I get the idea that you want people that want to be here yeah. i mean that's important i get that and i think that's that's the right sentiment for him but if i'm kelly uh kenny dillingham i am selling the fact that this is the land of opportunity This is ASU. You want to go on to play in the NFL? You're going to get the land, you're you're going to get the opportunity to come here because we are the land of opportunity for you to actually show what you can do. So if you're buried in the SEC, and this is one of the reasons why I love, I love the fact that he has SEC connections. Because if you're buried, your second team, your third team, whatever it is, you're not getting enough reps in games to show NFL scouts what you can do. Guess what? ASU is the land of opportunity for you
0: to get reps. If I'm Kenny Dillingham, that's what I'm selling. So where is ASU right now in recruiting? (laughs) I mean, dare we ask? Do we want the answer to this question because they're coming off an abysmal recruiting class and with the sanctions hanging over the program and a coaching change, well, here's Kenny Dillingham on that.
4: It's obviously now on to, you know, how do we build this roster? And I think for us, you know, we're we're pretty far behind the 23 class when it comes to in-state recruiting in particular. And it's more just talk to the guys committed elsewhere and say, listen, we understand we're not going to build a relationship in three weeks that may get you to, you know, come here. But but understand in a year from now when you realize you miss the sunshine the mountains the beautiful weather and all the good food and you want to come home just know you have a place
0: you can hear his recruiting wow. pitch to the locals you can hear it right there that's wow. what he's telling the local four and five star kids that's the land what he's of telling there you is go what he's talking but he's about. also realistic and and he's facing a fact that they're quote pretty far behind when it comes to this year's Recruiting class. Right. So we'll see. We'll see what's feasible, what's doable. I'll just yep. say this. The only thing I, I just want to say when I listen to Kenny Dillingham, and there's nothing not to like, but he's not the only coach to bring energy. Mm-hmm. No. Herm true. Edwards' press conference right. oh, was yeah. the most energetic thing you've ever yep. seen no, no. or witnessed. I mean, I'm on the train. Yeah, right. right. I Jesus mean, you know, Paul. Todd right. Graham didn't lack for energy. Energy doesn't equal competency.
2: Right. And so I'll say the, the most important thing, obviously, you got to be a great recruiter. But you got to have great a great coaching staff as well, um, and I have firsthand experience with being. I was one in ten my my freshman year in college, and I finished at the end of when Tom Homo came in. We were number five in the country, pretty much with the same group of kids, right? So it's to me, it comes down to coaching the kids that you have, especially at this level. You can if you have great culture, great coaching going on, you can inspire kids to maybe rise up and play well, and then you start getting those those top recruits because of the culture you got. Establish in the winning atmosphere that you have. And so it's, it's doable, but you you gotta focus on all of it, right? And that's and that's that's gonna be the key to the success here in ASU.
0: Well, text us your thoughts on ASU football right now and where you think they're going to the FanDuel text line at 620-620. Who's gonna be the most important players or two or three over the last five games for the Cardinals? We'll tell you next in Fulcrum football, Wolf <laughs> and Luke on Arizona Sports, the vocal sports leader.
3: Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. <laughs>
0: Presented by 72
2: Sold Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
3: Arizona Sports. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point?
0: That's going to be key to our success. This yes, is Fulcrum
3: Football with Wolf and Lou.
1: That's right, Polly. That's right, Zo. We're going to do a little fulcrum football right here where we're going to draft, starting with the youngest, of course, Lorenzo.
4: We're going to draft. Really? Yes. Ageism going, is alive and well. That's
1: exactly right, Really? Pauly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'd like to know right now is you give me your fulcrum football player over the next five games. You go ahead, you get okay. the opportunity right. to go first, and then Paul will go, then I will go, and we will continue. We'll come back to you. The fulcrum player, a guy that you think is going to be integral to the Arizona Cardinals
0: and his development right. over the next five days. I'll go when I feel like it, except when
2: it's Lorenzo's turn. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, so I'm actually going to go out of, out of the box a little bit. I know it's some guys that everybody's going to want to hear about, but uh, also another young guy, and I'm going to go with Majai Sanders in in his, his development. I mean, we've seen him play at a high level. I think like two or three games ago had probably his best game of the year. Then he kind of only played maybe like a handful of snaps. But if if he can be a consistent football player, and I think he has to also, similar to Isaiah Sims, all these young guys have to figure out what their habits as a professional look like, the consistency, if he can become that guy, especially as we think about an agent J.J. Watt, a guy on the outside that you can partner with Zach Allen for the future as far as getting after the pass the passer, I think he can be a vital uh, component of that because I like his athleticism, I like his motor, and he's just—he's long and lanky and has a, a, a good knack of uh, rushing the passer to me.
0: Alright, that's a good pick. This Lorenzo Alexander guy, Wolf, might know a thing or two about football. You that's do. a good pick. I'm going to go with Josh Jones. Well, never! The fill-in left tackle, DJ Humphrey's done for the season. That's according to Cliff Kingsbury. What do they have in Josh Jones? He looks the part He's been playing some pretty good football according to most folks on that sideline. Uh, will it continue? Can they believe? Can they build around him? This just in, basically every single offensive lineman other than DJ Humphreys isn't under contract next year, Man. including Kelvin Beacham, your right tackle. So what does that mean? Can Josh Jones play right? Dare I think out loud, could they move DJ Humphreys to right and put Josh Jones at left tackle? That'd be pretty radical considering DJ Humphreys is paid like a left tackle, but all Man eyes on Josh Jones.
1: No, Paulie, that is an excellent pick as well. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to go with the obvious right now. Over Captain next, obvious. Over <laughs> the next five games. No, it is for me, this is all about Kyler Murray. At
0: quarterback yeah. from Oklahoma, number one, Kyler.
1: What I think happened. The two younger guys actually deferred to me based on what he said. I said, we're going to let him take Kyler Murray. That's what we're going to do and that's exactly yeah. where I'm going. Though, well, your name is on the show. We all, know, we all know that Kyler Murray has got to continue to develop. He's got to continue to progress as a young guy that is still trying to make his way. I realize he's your franchise quarterback. I understand he's been here. This is his fourth year but he's still a work in progress. Yeah. Kyler Murray has got to become the center point of the next five games, especially on the offensive side of the ball. He's got to be right in the middle of the maelstrom. Because of that, I'm going with Kyler Murray as my first fulcrum football player.
2: Zoe, you're up next. Back Around the me. horn we go. Me. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I typically give the, the report of Collins and Simmons every week, so I'm not going to even talk about them. I'm gonna go with a guy that's actually in the building today, Lasitus Smith. Oh, oh nah, going, nah, yeah, nah. yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> young guard that got thrusted into a position going against Aaron Donald in his first week, and being able to watch Hard Knocks and see like the the mid and relationship between um, uh, him and Kelvin Beacham was really cool to see. I've yeah. actually got to speak to him a little bit, and I I, I, I like his. His vibe, you know, his attention to detail, how how he how he goes about his business. I think he has a great mix of humility, but a, a, I think a strong sense of who he is. And this is going to be a guy that could be a pivotal transition because this is something that they're going to have to focus on going forward. You got to be able to protect Kyler K one if you want him to evolve, and it's going to be up front. We talked about Josh Jones if Smith is going to be another guy, and then you know who knows what they do in the draft. But building that strong offensive line that can run the ball, and then obviously uh, protect K one in passing situations. See, great
0: football minds think alike, Ron Wolfley. I'm running the two man game right now with uh, Paulie Pencilneck over here because my next selection, and you're going to say, "Is this a hot take Friday?" No, it is not. Billy Price. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. I didn't call for that. Billy Price, they need a center. What exactly is the future of Rodney Hudson? Dare I say, I don't think he has one. I think he's done. So what do you do at that position, which Steve Kime has admitted is much more important than maybe he realized at this time a couple of years ago before the arrival of Rodney Hudson and what a legit franchise center can do for you and your young quarterback. Is Billy Price the guy, a former first-round pick? Does he have upside? Does he need to be coached up? Or are you going to use one of your first two picks in this upcoming draft on the center position? Boy,
1: okay, Polly. Um, I'd like to stand and applaud. I just don't know if I can right now because I am thinking of my next Fulcrum football player.
0: You're buying yourself time, is what you're doing. Let's go, and that is Zaven Collins. Yeah. Hello. I
1: want winners. That's. That's right. We want winners. Zayvon Collins right now has taken he's taken huge str- uh, strides forward. He really has. Um, he's gotten better. From the beginning of the season to where we sit right now, it's been a steady climb for Zayvon Collins. Now, there's been some down and there's been some up. But when you look at it, when you step back and look at it from week one to where we are right now at week 13 and week 14, being the next time he'll actually step onto the field. It's been a steady climb up, in my opinion, for Zayvon Collins. They need him to finish well. They need him to finish strong. They need Zayvon Collins to know, going into the offseason, that he is capable. He is the man. His confidence level has got to skyrocket, and it will impact who he is and how he plays the entire offseason and into next season, based on these next five games. Zabin Collins, my second fulcrum football player. Can
0: I ask a follow up question? No. If we're in the trust tree. (laughs) It's been five straight games where a defensive back has led the Arizona Cardinals in tackles. Now Isaiah Simmons did tie in this last game with a DB. Is that a reflection on your middle linebacker, Zabin Collins?
2: Mm, Not always. I would have to go back and watch it. Sometimes offenses they actually design to make your corners tackle. They want to see if they can so a lot of crack and replace coming off that outside zone or tackle uh, of the tackle zone and it's really not the middle linebackers place the corners coming down or the uh, yeah replacing the guy that the the safety's uh, ta- uh, blocking essentially that the receiver's coming in to block he's normally blocking the support which is normally the, the safety or the outside backer and the corner has to replace and so if teams don't think you can tackle it as uh, as a corner they'll attack that and make you tackle these big backs uh, over and over and over again. And So I would have to go back and check that before I would say it's on Zayven.
1: That's what the Cardinals do, and that's what they have done with James Conner. They run that double, and now all of a sudden you've got to bounce so much of the time to the outside, forcing your corner to come up and actually make a tackle. All right,
0: lightning round, two-minute warning, and the clock is running. We have no timeouts, So lightning round, make a quick selection to move on. I'll start. Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore. Who are you, Rondell Moore? I want to
2: see more out of okay. Rondell Moore so we know exactly what y- you are going into next year. It was my it was my turn, by the way. Uh, that's right. It was uh, your uh, turn. I, I see what you did there, but it was it was my turn. I, I, I had saying, no confidence
0: is, I would have time to make Kale my selection, is, so I jumped in. I tried to buy <laughs> you guys some time. Paul
2: Paul cares only about him Paul. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Wow. And he throws us all on the bus yeah. all the time in his spots. Yeah. Uh, you know, you think we don't notice.
0: I'm not giving you my cell number and I'm not returning your call. Either. Either. How about you, Zoe? Who are you going to
2: go with? I'm going with another league? box player. I mean, that's where the game is won and lost at. I'm going to go with Cameron Thomas, uh, another young guy okay. that I like. Good to, can pass, uh, rush the passer, play the run, and he's going to have to develop as well as, if this team wants to be good and consistent on defense.
1: Okay, my fi- final fulcrum football player is Trey McBride. Though, well
2: right? done. Oh, You know what,
1: Trey? Oh. Five games. You got five games, dude. Come off the ball. Come off the ball.
0: Five games to be that dude. Wolf was losing badly. He pulled himself out at the very end with a last-second victory in that last selection. It's the Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest featuring three incredible nights of shows, including the Imagine Dragons, Dave Matthews Band, Paramore, all heading to the Footprint Center. That's February 9th through the 11th, but tickets on sale now. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for all the details in your chance to win tickets. Pat Bev. Oh, no. Pat Bev. You know what? It's a Friday. I'm going to roll up the sleeves on this next one. All right. He says he'd shove DeAndre Ayton all over again your reaction next wolf and luke on arizona sports with calvisi and lorenzo alexander on the local sports leader wasn't a shove wolf and luke arizona sports the local sports leader all right so here we go uh bill's apologist lorenzo alexander certainly looking the part did you stop by the bill's Team shop on the way over. zo let's recap this. You're wearing the hat. Come on, brother. this you is got a, this the shirt This is a
2: custom hat. First of all, got bit on oh, the back. First of all, best in the league. School. Yeah, starter old jacket. You just came running, just grab a starter jacket from in, in the bill store. Is there a bill store out here? I know we got a ton of bills mafia out here.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a ton of bills mafia out here. Let me just say this, Polly, As I was growing up in Orchard Park, the we call park. it the oh, park, man. Yes,
2: okay, we uh,
1: growing up in Orchard Park. Of course, we're the Buffalo Bill. Stadium is Orchard Park, New York. Did I say that enough, Paul? OP, if you want to call it that, Paulie. But looking over when I was five years old, that's the helmet. That's the logo that was on the helmet for the Buffalo Bills. Right that there, O.J. Simpson used to wear. That's exactly yeah. right, Pauly. Okay. Okay, w- once so again, he's got... Disown
2: him? He's, he's a guy. No. He's one of us.
0: He's got the hat. Just Lorenzo's running. wearing yeah. the yeah. t-shirt. He's got the jacket. There's a sweatshirt over there. he got the socks. Socks! Yeah, okay. you, that's really right. for you, because you were okay. talking so much trash how yeah. bad
2: they were yesterday. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, this, this topic is so distasteful. All I right. actually look forward to talking about Pat Bev, okay. Oh, that's my no, segue yeah. right now. There's Pat Bev, and he, does, is there anybody who doesn't have a podcast? Because we go from <laughs> we go from we go from Pat P to Pat Bev, and Pat Bev's talking about how the whole DeAndre Ayton thing started at tip off because D A didn't offer his hand around the center circle mm. pregame tip off, didn't shake his hand. Yeah. So right there, in the words of Pat Bev, it was like on, right? Okay, already he's playing with okay. an edge against DeAndre Ayton. And I then guess we're playing for
3: keeps, and then there's this explanation from Pat Bev on the shove. I seen the Austin Reese play from my angle gets hidden nose I see like and I don't even see like people I just see like people with other jerseys I don't even you know what I'm saying like I don't even know like so I see Phoenix Sun got who I see other Phoenix Sun got slaps balls and over, and I'm like, nah, we ain't having that shit. you know what I'm saying like so. I gave him like a little body check, you know what I'm saying? Like a little body check, like anything like, you know, if I was to body check a guy like that in the game, they wouldn't fall over. Of course, it was just unfortunate that, you know, A.R. was laying on the ground. So the bump really threw him off balance, you know, with, with, you know, and, and tripped over A.R.
0: I didn't know who I shoved. It was just, quote, a Suns player. Yeah. Then why would it matter that DeAndre Ayton didn't shake your hand before tip-off? Great I, point. I'm not Paul. following those two exactly. And you didn't happen to notice that the guy you were shoving is seven foot plus. Yeah. Uh huh. Not buying that, which means <laughs> I'm not sure we can buy anything he really says. But this does resonate when they asked him on his own
3: podcast as to whether he had any regrets. You know, unfortunate as, right? National TV game. you don't want to, you know, be viewed as that. But, you know, that. That. that okay. I'm like, you're not going for that. You know what I'm saying, and it's and it's not like you know, come, f- him, come, f- him, but uh-huh. you know, you know, it's a, you know, I'm team team, you know, and you can, you know, ask people who played with me, ask superstars that played with me, it's the reason why guys want me on their team, you know, after they heard about the trade this summer, like, so, like, you know, me, I'm, I'm all about team team, and like, very unfortunate situation, you know, and if I could play it back again, I would do the exact same thing. Damn, yeah. mm. boy, you know what? you're feeling on that right uh, there when you hear Pat Bev?
2: He's he's your typical guy that that you hate to play against, but love if he's on your team. Do you? And, and you think about? I think about a guy like Richie Incognito. Yeah. right oh yeah I couldn't stand Richie he would have been on my list that I used to keep you know as far as guys that my gosh, <laughs> not the list what are you no doing way. man I he was like, on
0: darnell Dockett's list yeah, I'll tell I'm you saying. that much those but, two used to mix it up
2: but as soon as he gets on your team and he's doing it to other cats you're like ooh, I love it I love it man I appreciate it so I, I get what Pat Bev is saying but I mean he's he's he is who he is I mean that's just how he that's how he has to play you know he got to push guys in the back you know when they're not looking he, I don't know if he would have done that if D.A. saw him coming, right? Some guys are built like that. Well, I don't care if you're looking at me or not. I don't know if he's built like that. So, you know, he, he would do it again. That's who he is. It doesn't surprise me as, as a player because we've seen him and who he is and what he's done throughout his career and how and how he competes. Yeah, that to me is a cheap shot. Uh, yeah, of course. I, 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 it's a cheap
1: shot what he did. And uh, for me right now, you know what, I, I don't like cheap shots. I don't. Um, to your point. Right. Push me in the chest, right, right, okay? right. I mean, you want to square up? The, okay, that's fine. I understand that. Sometimes that happens when you go in between the lines and you start competing, and you're doing it in a very intense, physical kind of way. Sometimes that happens. You're going to have right. those moments where you square up with somebody, but uh, d- don't be gunning guys in the back. And that was not a shove. That no, was not. <laughs> that was the shoulder. Yeah. That was with the intent to blast him in. <laughs> The back and knock him
0: down. That's what it was. All right. So he got he got punished by the NBA. Yet he says he'd do it all over again. So obviously that wasn't effective. Okay. It's not a deterrent in any way.
2: What do you think he's? What do you want him to say?
0: Well, what and do that, you think he's going to say? And, and then he doesn't even take
3: responsibility for his own actions. Listen to this. That situation shouldn't have happened. You know, obviously, you know, and I'm not going to get in with refs and all that because I, you know they have a hard ass job. But the referees could have controlled that. You know what I'm saying? Cause I know if it's a guy on the ground or Steph Curry on the, on the ground, and I step over him like that, guys are coming everywhere to, to separate us. You know what I'm saying? I just, you know, for certain people, I feel like you know, you know, the the security alert is higher. Certain people, I, you know, they just, you know. They just let it go, and I don't. I don't know why. He's absolutely what he right. Say to the refs right afterwards. I told them they could have stopped that. Y'all could have stopped that. Y'all see the f- going on. Y'all see what's going on. Y'all see it's a guy standing over another guy, another guy who has nothing to do with the play, slamming the ball, walking back over another guy. Y'all could have stopped that. F- you know. So I saying? had to like, take it into my
2: that. own hands. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, that, I mean, if I if I'm a ref, I know Pat Bev is on the floor, and I say I'm looking looking for Pat. Where's Pat Bev at? You know, I right? he's part of that. You know who's you know who's in the game. You know what type of people are playing. So I mean that that make that makes sense to some extent. But how to be controlling Pat Bev, not nobody okay. else, because of who okay. he is and what he does. Right. Right? Everybody has a reputation. For, they get penalties just for being who you are. What
0: about forget about Pat Bev and the stinking Lakers for a minute, okay? And there's a rematch coming up soon. what do you guys think of the Sun's response as a team or lack thereof? the fact nobody actually came after Pat
3: Befson. <laughs> like, they're
0: banging him in the whole thing, right? And they go after him and the whole deal. There was nobody there. There's nobody who stood up to him. Everybody just kind of stood around as a spectator. Nobody, it wasn't
2: like a little scuffle right there? I can't, I can't remember. Really, I didn't no, really watch no.
0: it. His head was on a swivel. He's like looking around. He's oh, waiting, waiting for retaliation. Waiting, waiting, waiting for people. He's looking for retaliation. It never yeah, came. It, well, you know, once again,
1: uh, I would say if you went back and look at it, there was a circle that did form. There was a circle. Of people that's what DeAndre 8 and 2, when he saw there were people around Pat, that jumped up off the ground like he was ready to go. I was like, DA, you didn't fall like that. Because, uh, honestly, if I got gunned in the back the way that D.A. got gunned, in the, by the time I hit the ground, yeah, I would have been
2: hot, <laughs> yeah. hot but right so? Yeah, it was I like mean, the, the guy from the Rams that got hit me. Remember back in this moment? Yes, I, yes. Man, I got up off the ground so quick. <laughs> yeah. like, who was it? Who was it? Yeah. <laughs> boom. Yeah. So, right so on the ground that
4: I
0: remember that yeah. vividly. It was like two seconds after the whistle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, like, everyone's walking yeah. off, and then Boom! Right. Zoll gets gunned from behind. Right. But that's yeah.
2: basketball in, in soccer culture. They like to lay and play it and, oh, I'm hurt, I'm out, man. I,
1: but there are some guys that wouldn't do that. Some guys that hit the ground like DA where the leg came up into the air. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? He was. What are you it. doing? <laughs> yeah. There was some soccer flopping and then all to a of a it. It's like, oh, there's people around. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. get yeah. yeah. off Let's go. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I, I still believe. I still believe. That his teammates said something to DeAndre Ayton. I still believe that that, based on what we're seeing... In the next four games that he played after the Pat Bev incident, right. I think that had something to do with it and has something to do with it. And we'll all celebrate the fact that Pat Bev did what he did if, in fact, it does bring a, bring about lasting change with D.A.
0: And I still maintain that right now, if I'm James Jones, I'm looking for someone in the G League with an MMA background. I'm looking for <laughs> someone who's an enforcer. I'm bringing him up on a 10-day contract right before the next Lakers game. And you know what? Pat Bev... You're not going to get away with it, honestly. I, I think no. there needs to be a little something-something that goes beyond his minuscule inf- you know, suspension or whatever he got from the NBA that obviously didn't resonate, didn't move the meter with Pat Bev. If he's saying he'd do it all over again, okay, well, maybe we'll take matters into our own hands when it comes to enforcement. Good Jay Crowder. Oh. Maybe get them off paid vacation. Coming up next, we'll take you through the top stories of the day with wolfing down your lunch. And by the way, Zoe, if you're expecting actual lunch, that's not happening. So don't get your expectations up. Calvisi and Zoe sitting in for Luke on Wolf and Luke. Arizona sports, the local sports leader.